Well, hello everyone. You know what time it is. It is almost time to have our conversations from the C-suite. We will begin broadcasting shortly, but of course, we always want to take a few minutes to ask you to share this out to your network because we want to have a great conversation, but we don't want to be talking to ourselves. We want to make sure that others can join us for the conversation as well. So, as always, we want to invoke the power of three. Will you just take a few moments and share this out to at least three people or at least three groups and make sure that you have someone to join the conversation along with you. I'm going to take a few minutes to do it myself. And of course, as always, this is a great conversation. It's always good with libation. So make sure that you get your favorite beverage. You know, I've got my wine for the evening. Maybe you're going to do it with water or coffee or tea or whatever it is, but make sure that you are ready to have a great conversation. So again, take a few moments, invoke the power of three, hang tight and invite, and we will be back to have our conversations from the C-suite. Well, good evening, good evening, good evening, everyone. Hello and welcome to Conversations from the C-Suite, the Girlfriend's Guide to Being a CEO. I am your host, Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes, and it is indeed my pleasure to join you in the C-Suite today in this episode as we have we're not just going to have a powerful conversation. We're going to have a magical conversation. And I'll tell you why a little bit later. But 
It is so great to be here in the C-Suite today. I am, of course, Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes, CEO of C-Suite Women's Network, where I help women and a few good men to be the CEOs of their lives so they can be better CEOs in their business. Because here we develop strategies to help you achieve the results you desire in your business, your career, and your life. Because every woman needs to be the CEO of her life. She needs to have a seat at the table and create a seat at the table for others because there is power when women gather. Conversations from the C-Suite is a power-packed hour that provides a platform for women to share their business and career experiences because we know that life doesn't end when we leave the office. We want you to elevate your mindset and we compel you to take action because CEOs don't just wait on great things to happen, they make great things happen. Now, you know the C-suite in any company is where the decisions are made. It's where all the chiefs are. It's the highest of the high. And each of us has a C-suite in our lives where we make the decisions to create the life we desire and deserve. And of course, being the CEO of your life means you are, as the word su suggests, executing. You are getting things done. A CEO comes up with an idea, creates a strategy, works with a team and inspires them to execute the goal. Because wherever you are on your rise to the C-suite, you always are acting in the CEO capacity. You may be a CEO on the rise. You're aspiring to be a CEO. You're aspiring to be a business owner, to be a leader, to be that decision maker. And you're just getting started. You're in the right place. You may be a CEO on the move. You've been at the CEO thing for a while, but you still need a little bit more guidance and you need to really take it to the next level. And then you may be the CEO. But here's the thing, regardless of where you are, even the CEO can take it to the next level. So we want to make sure that we're always pushing ourselves to truly make those CEO moves. Because here in the C-suite, we want you to feel something, learn something. But most of all, baby, you got to do something. That's right. Make those CEO moves. CEO moves are when you create your circle of influence, you educate and empower yourself to elevate you to the next level. Most importantly, you operationalize what you learn so that you can optimize your outcomes. So regardless of whether you report to a CEO or whether you are the CEO of your own company, you are always making those CEO moves. You are always the CEO of you. So let's get ready to talk about some strategies. Let's talk about how we are going to capitalize on our most powerful asset, our power of choice. That's right. The power to create extraordinary outcomes in your business, your life, and beyond. So are you ready? I hope you are ready to enter the C-suite because we've got not only a great conversation, not just a powerful conversation, but we've got a magical conversation set up for you 
tonight. So I know that, you know, we are continuing our series on relationships. We've begun this discussion on creating those circles of influence because whether it's personal or professional, at the heart of our success is the success of our relationships. And we've already begun this discussion. And tonight we really want to get into this topic of how do we talk to men, right? Because even though we are about empowering women and a few good men to be the CEOs of their lives, we are not going to be great CEOs without men. Let's face it. Even though we're creating seats at the table for powerful women, at that table are also going to be powerful men. And that is whether it's in the boardroom or the bedroom or anywhere in between. And I know, you know, you may have thought, like I think sometimes, do men and women speak the same language? I mean, we can be speaking literally the same language, but we are not saying the same thing. So how do we get to a point where we're able to understand each other and be on the same wavelength, be on the same planet even, so that we are able to have fruitful conversations that lead to fruitful relationships. Because the truth is, we don't speak the same language. We don't go about things the same way. That's why they're men and we're women. And this can often lead to misunderstandings, overreactions, and just sometimes plain poor communication because we are not speaking from the same perspective. We need a woman-to-man translator app. I know, I'd love to have that on my phone, right? So tonight, in this episode, we're going to talk with none other than the awesome Dr. Pauline crawford Umps, who is going to help us to have magical conversations. Because Yeah, it takes a little magic to understand the men in our lives sometimes, I swear. So I hope that you have your favorite beverage because this is going to be indeed a great conversation that is going to help us to understand the men in our lives. So as I mentioned, I am so excited to have in the C-suite today, none other than Dr. Pauline Crawford-Umps. She is the founder and CEO of Corporate Heart Limited UK. But y'all, she brought this magic across the pond and she is now located in California. And she has a new book out that she's gonna tell you about a little bit later on in the show. But her name, the name of her book is Who's in Charge? The Gender Dynamics of Love. And this enlightens men and women to understand the true essence and relationship value of working well together. Her passion is to put love and harmony at the top of both corporate and personal agendas in order to increase success in life and in business. She has been at this a, a little bit, y'all. She is a CEO. She's not a CEO on the rise. She's not even a CEO on the move. She is the CEO. And she has been doing this for over 30 years and has literally worked across the world. She's had clients in the United Kingdom and Europe, Asia, in the Asia Pacific. And now she is in the United States and she truly helps people to transform their lives and business career success. 
She has had an impressive suite of clients, Barclays, Royal Bank of Scotland, Innovation Norway. Y'all heard of them? eBay, Watson Wyatt Worldwide, to name a few. She's an international conference speaker. And in fact, we met at an international conference in New Delhi, India, two yeah, two years ago, a year ago, year ago. And it is her passion now to enable men and women alike to leverage their own unique natural potential and achieve success both professionally and personally, whether in a corporate career path or running their own enterprise. So y'all, I am so pleased to bring to the virtual stage, my dear friend, my colleague, Dr. Crawley, I mean, Dr. I can't even read. Dr. Pauline Crawford. Hello, how are you? Hello, 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 Stephanie. How are you? That was an amazing introduction. <laughs> well, wonderful. Well, I was doing good till I got to the end. I guess I had too much wine. I put your name together. Crawleen, Crawleen Umford, I guess is what I was going to say. I don't know. <laughs> But I've got her correct name there, and we are so pleased to have you here. So, as I always do, I always want to start with the who, the what, and the why. So, tell us who is the real Dr. Pauline Crawford, and Ooh. what do you do, and why do you make CEO moves? Wow. Well, who am I? Yes, I'm... Dr. Pauline Crawford Oms, and I want to explain that name a little bit because um, the Oms part only came along six years ago when <laughs> I met my American husband. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so I decided that, um, and I think this is part of the sort of uh, the empowerment of women, I decided to keep my name and to take his as well. So the Crawford Oms is me combined with my soulmate, Jim, who I, I met, as I say, six I met him seven years ago, married six years ago. And now we're on this adventure, this amazing adventure. So who am I? I'm, I'm British. I'm, uh, I'm a baby boomer. I'm passionate about connecting, about conversation. I've, I've been a chatterbox all my life. Um, so the idea of magical conversations has become my, my forte. And actually, I'm now branded and known as Miss Magical Conversations. So that... and. And it's interesting because uh, I'll explain a little bit more, but I think sometimes people are afraid of the word magic, but actually magical is, is something we need in our world today because mm -hmm. uh, in terms of CEO moves, what I understand is that there's, there's a kind of backward movement going on in the boardroom at the moment, I think, where men are a little bit afraid, and I'll come back to that with my research, um, but maybe a little bit afraid of women. So when we talk about women engaging with men, there's there's kind of some strange energies going on. So I would say I'm a, a behavioralist. So I, I, I study people's behavior, mm -hmm. their good behavior, their bad behavior. And I always say to my clients, you know, if everything's going really well, to be honest, you don't need me. But if there's an issue, a conflict, a distress, um, you know, a lot of my clients, the, the, the teams are not functioning well. There, there's something going wrong. So it might be a serious issue. It might be something just malingering. Mm -hmm. um, so I love observing people. 
And although I've studied people officially, I think I've always been an observer all my life. Um, and also I love to make sure that people are connecting and collaborating. But way back, you know, my, when I was a schoolgirl, um, I used to love making sure all my friends got to know each other. So it's always been a passion of mine, collaboration. Mm-hmm. So that for, that for me is the what. It's like um, there seems to be a lot of disharmony in the world. So one of my favorite hashtags is world harmony. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, it feels like a big ask at the moment because the world is so tortured, but I'm going to go for it. I really yeah. want it to happen. So yeah. I'm in California because of my wonderful husband falling in love with him and traveling around the world. And I think one of the things that uh, you talk about CEO moves, sometimes you have to grab the unexpected because you don't know what's going to turn up. Yes. Uh, we we actually met in Budapest. Right. I, gonna... I, that's what I was going to say. Y'all, y'all actually met because I know you lived in Malaysia, correct? Was it Malaysia? Yeah, but but right. before that, I yeah. was in London. Yes. I'm a London. I'm a Londoner. Um, and Jim was actually in Las Vegas, so that was not where he's originally from. But he had come to a conference in Budapest, and I came from London. And the curious thing was that neither of us wanted to go, and yet that's where we met. And it was actually on Thanksgiving Day uh, seven years ago. So we're just coming up for that anniversary. Oh, wow. That is and, awesome. And, and, and little did I know when I got on the plane that that meeting would take me eventually to America, back to England, back to America, and then to Malaysia for four years, mm-hmm. um, and then back here now to California. So you, wow. can never predict, you can never predict the magic of life. Yes. And, you know, I love that you use the term magic. I think magic is beautiful. Like you said, a lot of people kind of get scary yeah. about it. But the thing that I love when you uh, about the word magic and just the feeling that it invokes is that, you know, it's truly that ability to create something just beyond your imagination. I mean, you know, who would have thought you going to a conference that you didn't want to go to, him going to a conference he didn't want to go to, would create the magic of the two of you, here you are now. Isn't that just awesome? Well, it it is awesome because we reflect often occasions when we talk about our history, you know, maybe, oh, in this year that happened. And I was on one side of the planet. He was on the other side of the planet. Mm -hmm. But there are things that happened for both of us because we're of a similar age. So we remember the experiences, but it it is extraordinary. And I love the thing about magic. I I learned recently that to stop our brains going a bit doolally, there were two things that make us really work hard is magic and juggling. Ah, so when you when you when, well when you watch a, ma- a juggling uh, a very difficult juggler, you you your your brain is trying to work out how does that work. The same with magic. Something is really um, the magician is is really making something unbelievable believable. Mm-hmm. Our, our main our brain is actually sparked, and it allegedly this is some research somebody told me it'll actually help us not get dimen- dementia. So always useful to know. <laughs> all about like working out your mind anything that you know allows you to stretch your mind because that's one thing I love about you know making CEO moves myself you know is always discovering things learn something feel something do something and I feel you know that as long as we are able to do that where we're always 
feel the beauty in the world. We're able to learn something new and then do something, you know, that keeps our minds engaged. It keeps our minds uh, focused. And, you know, it's, it's, our mind is like a muscle. I don't think you can call a brain. It's not technically a muscle, but it works just like one. If you use it, it gets stronger. If you don't, you, you, you have atrophy in your brain the same way you have atrophy. Oh. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think, you know, there's a lot of, um, certainly there's a lot of people in the world who who don't push out into the unknown and don't use their brain in that other way. And therefore they get very stuck. And then the more they don't get out of it, they get more stuck and, and so on and so on. And and that's why I say with um, some of the, some of the traditional businesses, I think there is a degree of stuckness. Right. Um, but there's an awful lot of examples now in the world um, of CEO moves. My favorite example is Richard Branson, you know, who are actively doing very different things. Mm -hmm. So it's not about, um, you know, it's got to be this way or the highway. It's actually saying there are lots of different perspectives. Right. And, uh, you know, we have my my fascinating name, OMPS, O-M-P-S. We often say that is open-minded perspectives. That's cool. That's great that you can use that uh, yeah. to, to what it is that you do. So, of course, you know, we met a year ago, a little bit over a year ago now. Yeah, it was, it was uh, May of, yeah, May of 2017. 2017 in, in New Delhi, India. We traveled yeah. to an international conference. As a matter of fact, I was looking at, uh-oh, I put it up, I think. I had over here, I, I, I don't know what I do. I had the little, the little plaque that we got. Yes. I was looking at it the other day and I had it so I could show it to you. And I, I put it, you know, you know how that goes. The Women Economic Forum. Yes. Yes. But we were there and it was such a wonderful experience. We got to meet women literally from around the world. Yes. And, um, you know, it was great to connect. And the one thing, let's see, that conference was, I think it's the fourth international conference where I've, gone to actually speak in the the thing that i really love about going to conferences like that is you really get to see the commonalities that we all have oh. yet we're coming from these different cultures literally different backgrounds different religions different um you know just all of these differences yet there are so many commonalities that connect us and it's always well, great when women gather. Yes, and I think what was phenomenal is that there were 1,500 people there, and I suspect there was 90% of those were women. There were very few men. Right. Um, and it's unusual to be in such a large conference with so many women. Yeah. And I noticed that everybody was sitting at round tables. Yes. There, there were no lines, and the, the, the chairs, even the chairs on the stage were oval. Yes, yes. It was truly a, a, a beautiful experience. And, you know, I'm so grateful. I, I, I didn't go back this year, but I've got it on my list to either go back in, in 2019 or 2020, um, because it's great one to share uh, the beautiful messages that, you know, that we all brought our different experiences. But it's really wonderful to uh, just experience those different cultures and, and to just connect with women literally well around it is and i think one of the things that i'm really focused on is um and you mentioned it in your introduction is you know how do we how do we get on with each other and with men yes. 
um, and take the boardroom to where it really needs to be. Mm -hmm. So whether that's a corporate traditional boardroom or it's um, it's your own business. Yes. But I think we do need to get on together. And uh, differences can be magical or they mm -hmm. can be very challenging right. if we don't understand them. Right, right. And of course, you and know... That's, that's, that's really core to what I do is that, um, and you mentioned as well, is it how do we get around the table? You know, right. who's around the table and how do we talk right. to each other and how do we right. know um, how to manage different types of people? Right. Because even though we, this is, you know, focus, of course, on empowering women and helping women to be the CEOs of their lives, we have to be realistic that yeah. we have to partner with men. And I, I went to um, the Women's International Networking Conference in Rome in 2015. And there was a gentleman there. Um, let me see. I, hope, I should have got written his name down. But one of the things that uh, was that I was so impressed about or just uh, impacted, impacted me. Well, oh, here it is. Look at there. I had it. Gender equality will never be successful until men become feminists, too. And, um, you know, it was one of the gentlemen who was on the stage. I can't believe I found my notebook and found it that quickly. But that was something that was so powerful and is really the point uh, or just a, a, a pivotal, I think, aspect of the research that you're doing. Of course, I want you to share that with our listeners. But, you know, this has to be this is not men versus women. This is not us against them. This truly is men and women working together because you know the statistics you know in in terms of you know the population of women around the world the population or the con the demographics of women even in the workplace you know women are here to stay we're part of the workplace we're part Absolutely. of the so how do we work together so I, i'd love for you to just you know lord help us figure this out pauline help us figure <laughs> well, out how do we it's, talk to men? <laughs> well, it, it, it's my passion to to get and help men and women understand each other. And, and also, I think it's important that it's important that men understand each other and women understand each other. So that's mm -hmm. the other dynamic mm -hmm. of my work. Um, and really studying gender dynamics. It's a fascinating journey because people always make an assumption about the word gender. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. interesting enough, one of my first rules in, in magical conversations is not to make assumptions. Because right. if we make assumptions or, or judgments, we immediately go down one path. Mm -hmm. But for me, gender dynamics, it really focuses on the dynamic. So is it between uh, you walk into the boardroom, there's four men, uh, three women, yourself, you know, what, what are the types? Are, are all the men the same? No. Are all the women the same? No. So it's, it's actually understanding the dynamic. Having said that, you, you mentioned in your intro, men and women are, are fundamentally different. Yes. And, that, and, that's, and that's okay. And that's the thing is, um, it's not about a battle. And as you said, it's not about them and us. But I, I often explain it that men in the core, the core sort of center are a bit like a PC and, uh, and, and women are more like a Mac. Yes. So, <laughs> So the men men have a much more straightforward um, driver. It, it's it's um, it's yes no. It's either or. It's fairly straight line. Now there's a range of men within that, and some are more 
masculine and some are more feminine. Some are more um, uh, sort of stridently logical and, and some are more intuitively um, verbally dexterous. So you can see a range. Mm -hmm. Same with women. So with women, with that max, so we've got this, we've got this lovely circular program, which means that we can do anything and we're multitasking and, and we can talk about the kids and the boardroom and the proposal and what shall I buy? And is my mother-in-law okay? And come back to the same point. Men, men, men can't do that. So one of the core things to recognize is that if a woman is going off in a circle and a man doesn't understand it, he will stop thinking. Mm -hmm. So when she's going, oh, but he doesn't understand me. Actually, you know, I often say to my clients, you know, if if he stopped looking you in the eye and gone somewhere else, then just stop talking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because when we're talking from to women to women, we understand this. Yeah. So women to women, we can go da 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 da. Oh yes. Uh, so. And if you observe men talking to each other, men will tend to tend to talk on topic. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So it'll be football, music, um, sex, the band, you know, whatever it is, it'll be topic. Whereas women will tend to get more emotional and then will weave in all sorts of things. Yes. Now, the magic, of course, is coming together. and um, And it's very interesting that, magic is desirable even when people don't know what it means mm -hmm. and when I first ever had the, a card which said ambassador of magical conversations and I tried it out in a serious lawyer convention oh my I thought they'd I thought they'd all laugh at me but these men were going oh yeah we need some of that yeah so and, and not actually knowing what it was so coming back to men and women I think the beauty of our differences is not understood by many when it gets into the boardroom or the business or the C-suite, unless that company has a culture which is about collaboration and diversity and mixed gender. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the great example in the US is General Motors, mm -hmm. where you know you have a, a female CEO, Mary Burra, and I believe now there's five men and five women on the board, and, and they've actually got the accolade as the, the best gender equality company in the world. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it is achievable, but yeah. if the boardroom is majority men and one woman or two women, it's mm -hmm. always going to be a challenge because that core driver, that PC right. is going. Chuk, 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 chuk. Right. right. And, and the woman's coming in with this, um, this, this Mac and going around in circles and, and will often go off in a tangent. And unless the man is, is wise to that, he, they may see it as, going off into the, the deep beyond. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there are mechanisms to understand that. And then you get a strategy. I say, because some men are very bullet point. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if they are, use bullet points. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've, I've always worked in male-dominated environments. And, you know, I'm an attorney by trade. And uh, particularly, you know, when I was in a general counsel role, when I was speaking, you know, or, or all of my communications were to non-lawyers. To non one of the best lessons I learned early on is because I was speaking to also most, I was the only woman. So I was speaking to all men and I would have this great narrative about what all the support, you know, it's just all this, you know, it was still, it was still very professionally written, still lawyer like language, you know, 
But I remember my CEO asking, he said, you know, I need the bullet, per- bullet point version. And so that was one of the things that I learned to incorporate into even my writing was I'd always have the bullet point version and then the kind of the rest of the stuff back there for them to read in their leisure. But it's 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 um, great that you point out, you know, we have to be flexible and I always like to say cognizant of the differences. And that's why I said, you know, a lot of times when we don't understand those issues, we have misunderstandings and we overreact because we think we're being ignored or we think we're being dismissed or disrespected when really it's just, we're speaking a different language. He doesn't understand it. He's just shut down. <laughs> well, that's right. And, and, but there are techniques. So I think one of the magical things is that um, if you walk into a, into the boardroom, into the team meeting, and you can actually uh, have a quick assessment in your mind, a bit like visual auditory and kinesthetic, you go, okay, uh, he's one of those, he's one of those, uh, he's a bullet point man, but he's actually a word person and she's more bullet point. And, and if you can then magically manage the conversation without telling them what you're doing, yeah, you will be head and shoulder above the rest of them because they will be intrigued as to how you manage to engage them all mm-hmm. and make it a good place to be. Yeah. So yeah. that that for me is, um, obviously, if you I work with a lot of teams then everybody knows what the plan is. So mm-hmm. my gender dynamics map is a map, literally. So if I'm working with a team of 10 and they all know where they are, but you can work with one person and help them understand the problems out there mm-hmm. so that they can manage it. Yeah. And, and one of the things I'm concerned about is that if men are fearful, and I don't mean necessarily consciously, but with the the growth of women empowerment, um, the Me Too movement, this, the sexual harassment cases, all of this, it might get into this man's head that, oh look, I'll play safe, I'll step back. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, can, can I actually talk to that woman? Or, oh no, I'm not going to advocate for her because maybe she'll think I'm coming on. Whatever it is. Yes. So yes. what happens is that the the gap is widening in some cases, and my belief that with my gender dynamics map and the ideas about magical conversation, the combination means you'll know who's around the table and he can start understanding how to talk to people. And then obviously the the main thing is getting everybody together. So once they all know the route, the map, they can decide on their new rules, Mm -hmm. you know, the the new moral compass or whatever it is they want. Right. Right. Because, um, Everybody, to my mind, I'm sure you agree, everybody wants to be in a happy, uh, loving situation. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, people challenge me. I say, you know, love in the boardroom, uh, not sex, but yeah. love in the boardroom is a very good asset because um, a loving company has good employees, they mm-hmm. engage their employees, and they engage their customers. So why, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah, because you, you, you bring a very interesting point because uh, I, I remember uh, reading a survey and it's been some months ago now, but it was a survey done, you know, at the beginning of the Me Too movement uh, or, or at the beginning of the height of the movement. The movement's been going on uh, longer than, you know, the past year or so, but it's really gotten to its height uh, with a lot of high profile um, sexual mm-hmm. harassment instances and, and how the, the yeah. conversation and dialogue has really come to the forefront. But there was a survey conducted um, that 
basically said, I think it was over 50% of men in the workplace or in that survey were fearful of working with women because they were afraid they were going to be accused of sexual harassment. So as you mentioned, you know, the the gap, instead of the Me Too movement doing what we hope, which would be to lessen the gap, bring the awareness, increase the dialogue, and actually have some action around the dialogue, it can have the, the opposite effect of widening the gap because men just shut down because of fear of interacting with women in the in an inappropriate way and now being accused of sexual harassment or it yes. being taken as something other than genuine advocacy. So, you know, what do you think we can do to to lessen that so that the gap again begin instead of widening closes and we're able to truly have that love in the boardroom because again diversity from a gender perspective as well as from other perspectives benefits the company benefits the board absolutely yeah so again this isn't just about hey we want more women this is about the authenticity that we need so you know what do we do to have a conversation that doesn't make men uncomfortable such that they pull away and allows us to express ourselves them to express themselves in real meaningful action to happen well that's exactly why i started three months ago as well as doing everything else um i started interviewing men Mm -hmm. and um, i just sort of felt that reading all the news that there was this this is where the gap was that there's a lot of women who might do programs to help men understand women and men go off and do the programs on their own with men but there was nobody actually asking men, so what's going on for you now? What, what's, you know, what's occurring for that man who's stepping back? Um, so I started asking men if they would come and be interviewed. And I've currently interviewed 31 men. I've okay. got some more lined up. And these are men from America, across America, from Canada, UK. And I've got some lined up in Malaysia as well. Because at all ages, from 20 right through every decade to 70. So mm-hmm. what I ask them is, so what's going on for you and what do you think is happening to men? And I'll tell you one of the fascinating things is that every single one of them say, I'm so glad you asked me this. It's like, uh, you know, and these are, you know, more and more uh, busy men, well, well-known men, and they go, oh, I, I'd like to take my time out to do this. So that's the first surprise. It's, it's something they hadn't been invited to do before. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true of all the CEOs who are hiding. The second is that they, they all say, we want to be heard for who we are. Mm-hmm. Kind of, let us be that you know, PC core driver. Um, and if we want to be emotional, uh, if we want to cry, we may not cry in front of you, but if we go and cry in our cave, that's okay. But we are emotional. We're just not the same emotion as you, women. And in fact, I don't really ask them about uh, women till the end. And, and actually, I ask them, what advice would you give men? Um, and usually, they invite men to be more, um, to look at themselves in a, in a good and positive way. Mm-hmm. So be okay about being emotional if that's how they want to be. Um, to stand up and be both feminine and masculine within their maleness 
Mm-hmm. Um, and when I asked them, what advice would you give to women about men? Uh, the majority of them say, you know, just let us be okay. Don't, don't, don't look at us as if we're a threat until proved otherwise. Mm-hmm. Because I think that has come over for some men. And the other one, which I love, is they say, let us be emotional and don't smother us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, I mean, it, that's not meant as an affront to women because I think women, as women, we are natural uh, carers, n- nurturers. Um, we want to take care of our men. Right. And, and we do see them as uh, our strong partners. We also right. want them to be, you know, maybe more uh, attuned to feminism or, or whatever. But... It, what we need to do is to recognize that fundamentally we're different. And, and to be honest, some men are not very good and they're yeah. malicious and some women are not very good and they're malicious. So, right. you know, we're right. not talking about those. Right. We're talking about when we get onto the playing field together around the table, mm-hmm. we are different uh, animals, if you like. You know, I use the analogy that men are like bears and women are like birds because men are, are very grounded one, mm-hmm. two, three, four, five. Yeah. And women, we go off and we, you know, we have this ability to fly around the room in our mind. Right. Um, so when we put the, if you like, the man is a straight line or a box and the woman is a curve or a ball. Mm-hmm. We need to have both together. Right, right. Because as just... women, well, as women, we've learned how to be very, um, we're very good at business and we've learned how to be good at business that doesn't mean to say we're a man. Right. Right. And, you know, that's a, um, I read an article um, earlier today or a statement, and it was just talking about this whole concept of, you know, being successful. And the gist of the, the comment was that, you know, women don't need to be like men to be no. successful. They need to just be good leaders. And it's not about you know, men or women wanting to, to, you know, do everything that men do because we are different. And I think that's something that's really important to understand and respect on both sides. Men should not expect women to be like men. Hope I'm saying it right. And women, yeah. yeah, And women should not expect men to be like women. We should expect us to be as we are, but understand the differences and the compliments, you know, and because and yes. I've done a lot of my research in, you know, the, the different leadership styles, transformational, transactional, laissez-faire, which kind of follows, you know, the whole um, gender discourse and, and how many times we characterize certain things as masculine or feminine as it relates to um, leadership styles and you know, my, my theory is that that impairs men and women's ability to lead because it puts us each in a box. And so if you're this way or that way, mm-hmm. and you're the wrong gender, that's, you know, the wrong assigned gender to that trait, well, then you're viewed negatively. But, you know, it, it's really, and it seems like the conversations that you're having with the men support, you know, the, yeah. the perspective that, you know, you just need to understand the differences and and not pe- put people in a box and let them be in the space that they're in without making them feel bad about that space. Well, that's right, because um, one of my interviewees who was um, probably in his 40s, he said, I think we need to bring back the idea of chivalry. 
and it isn't necessarily men being the chivalrous one, but us us having a um, an authentic chivalry to each other, mm -hmm. and must respect that. You know, if you go back thirty years, fifty years, women weren't in the boardroom, and we weren't en masse. You know, there were some women coming in, but mm -hmm. if you look at the big changes in the world, it's it's about technology, it's about entrepreneurship, and it's about women. Not because it's about women, but the changing numbers, mm -hmm. and that. It's all for the good. That's what you were saying, is that the world is shifting to a much more circular, um, fluid, flexible, you know, using the elements of feminine. But mm -hmm. we need masculine as well. So in women, you have masculine and feminine energy. It's like yin and yang. But, but we, I think we've, got, we've had such a long period of very uh, male-dominated business sectors going back Mm -hmm. that we're still getting used to the change and the change is so fast um people haven't stopped to have those core conversations which is about um how do we really understand each other mm -hmm. because i talk um, and uh, i talk about how do we understand differences because if you don't understand a difference between you and somebody else that's where you get a difficulty Right, right. And that's, and, yeah. you know, I think that's true of whether it's a male, female dynamic or female, female, male, male. I mean, you got to understand the differences so that you can leverage those and just understand yeah. where you connect and where you disconnect so that you can figure out ways to connect. Well, that's right. And some, many of the men I interviewed who are, in my terms, more intuitive, more feminine minded, but very male. They say they have as many problems with men ah. in the boardroom as they do with women because they they want a more gentle, more uh, intuitive, emotional relationship, mm -hmm. and and the very masculine male isn't necessarily prone to that. He's very structured and very straight line. So mm -hmm. there, then there are issues between women as well. So it's like we have to take note of the changing times, and of course, laid on that, you've got. The millennials, as opposed to the Gen X and the baby boomers, we all have different minds. And then you have cultures and then you have right. so, so many differences. But for me, um, and actually my the book that I'm producing first is actually not the one you said, but that one's going to come out. It's actually called Magical Conversations ah, because okay. I, I wanted to get um, uh, I wanted to get the essence of where the magic comes from. It's about knowing yourself. And understanding not to make judgments and assumptions mm -hmm. and then not getting angry and not trying to control other people so this book is about the essence of that and some of the work on men and women and then my gender dynamics of love is going to come out in january so okay. that will have that will have all the um if you like it's more in depth about my study of bodies and physicality biology brains and all of that stuff and and also about partnerships. So mm -hmm. it all comes together. I'm using all that data and information in this. But my my passion to begin with is, um, is to get people understanding that they need to get around the table right. and stop fighting. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a group of men, a group of women, or mixed. Um, mm -hmm. And certainly in the boardroom where there are plenty of stresses and strains about economic development, you don't want to be arguing with each other about who's who's right and who's wrong. Mm -hmm. You need to be working as a team seamlessly. 
Mm -hmm. That's my view about the C-suite. And and unless the the CEOs and the C-suite really get their act together, then, you know, all sorts of crazy stuff is going to happen. So we can't let that happen. (laughs) Right. Right. So I'm... It's it, the magical conversation is actually in a structured session. I mean, I teach people doing magical in their all their conversations, but if you have a structured session, it's actually a timed session where everybody enters the room and they might have a topic to discuss, mm-hmm. and they leave their ego outside the door. Yeah, oh, and they God. come to the table to focus on the topic mm-hmm. in an open sharing. Um, and it might be an hour and a half, two hours, it might be half a day, but it's, it's, it's to allow people to be free of the restrictions that they keep on holding on to. So mm-hmm. whether they're a man or woman, or it's about some of the social constructs we've had about men or women, um, and as people learn to be in that safe space, then they become more at ease about the differences around the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and it's so um, not interesting is interesting is not the right word, but it's it's powerful that you mention safe and feeling safe and, and how, you know, you've talked about that in several different perspectives and in, in terms of how important it is for people, men and women to feel safe, women to express themselves, women to, to just be in the boardroom and then men uh, in the same way. And it's, and it's all about, I think the magic happens, if you will, is when we let those guard da- guards down because we trust each other enough to be able to have, you know, real genuine conversations. And, you know, where we're going back and forth, we're having dialogue, we're sharing and we're not shutting down. And, uh, you know, that's so important in the boardroom, but it's also important in the bedroom. And I use that kind of, oh, you know, as, yeah, as a, yeah, no, absolutely. But you the know, boardroom, it, the, I would so, say the boardroom, the bedroom, the classroom and the coffee shop. <laughs> right. Right. It's, it's, it's so incredibly important because we're always going to have uh, gender dynamics. And I love that you use the word dynamics because, you know, that's that means it's the movement. Yeah. It's the going back yeah. and forth. The interaction, it, it's not, it's not stagnant and it's and it's not something that just kind of is what it is. It's something that moves and responds and reacts. Well, and- what's interesting is that um one interview I mentioned the word safe, and the my the man I was talking to said, Oh, safe, that's a really female word. Ah. Uh-huh. Which was but it and, and this is why for me it's very important to listen to each other. This is why I've I've, I put um, I put these interviews out at the moment. They're on Facebook, but I'm going to turn them into evidence for a Magical Conversation TV. And when he said that, I thought, no, let me listen. You know, what's the reason? And I thought maybe safe is a much more female and feminine word mm-hmm. than it is masculine male because the, the person, whether it's male or female, who wants to go and leap off a cliff and do extreme sports, they, they 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 might take care with their safety harness, but they're risking. Right. That they're, they're not in a safe. So safe can seem to be, um, for some people, too uh, too too quiet, too 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 secure because they want a bit of, you know. And when you're an entrepreneur, you you want to take risks. So right. it's interesting. Words are very key, and yeah. and 
if somebody and my advice to people listening is that if in a conversation something starts to go wrong is to maybe listen to the words and, and think okay maybe that that word doesn't work maybe something else does mm-hmm. but rather than then decide it's it's going to block me then unblock it it's all about choices you mentioned that right at the beginning mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know my go ahead sorry i'll tell you my my passion is that the man in the boardroom or the woman in the boardroom understands the technique of magical conversation they understand the, the gender dynamics around the table and they can then get past gender you know, people often say to me, well, we, we don't want to bother with gender. I say, well, you have to until you get it right. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, you know, it's it's like ignoring the elephant in the room. You know, yeah. even though because, you know, equality does not mean. Um, what's the word? Um, so, well, to me, it doesn't mean sameness. It doesn't mean sameness. Thank you. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Equality doesn't mean sameness. And oh. I think. You know, that's the article I was talking about earlier that that was its main point was that women don't need to be like men in order to be successful. Yes. We just need to be, you know, um, have our own uh, uh, appropriate leadership styles. You know, it's kind of the same concept. You know, the the when we bridge our differences, it doesn't mean we all become the same. It's oh. just that we have I would say I would I would characterize that we have a, a common understanding. That yes. allows us to, to to have that that translator that app, you know, where our our language, our understanding, our communication is fluid, and yes. is uh you know in a way that enables us to at least be speaking from the same version of the dictionary <laughs> as opposed yeah. to uh you know uh, literally speaking two different languages and you don't have that translator yes. and i think the other thing I, I write in my book is about it's also about the experience as well as the words and the actions it's about being tuned into uh is this working or is it not working very simple and some people are more tuned into that than others but we tune in a different way so not everybody likes conversations i mean we all have to communicate but some some men and some women are, you know, see conversation very differently. Mm-hmm. So, and the one thing I think that women have definitely brought into work, into business, is life. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I see is that that men men were much more capable of coming to work, doing the business, going home, then then life took over at home. Women bring life into work because yeah. they just have to, you know, it blends. Cause I, I remember I did a survey of, of my team and uh, because I, I wanted to get to know them and I wanted to know, I was truly trying to make an effort to be, to avoid a one size fits all as it relates to recognition, reward, and just really truly hear from them. And I remember one of the questions that I had was, you know, what is it about your per? Is there anything in your personal life that you want me to know that affects our professional relationship? Because I recognize, because I work with a team of mostly women and I had, I had one man. Yeah, I just had one man on my team. And, um, you know, and I just know that we don't leave our home at home, we don't leave the office at the office. It, it goes with us everywhere. 
But every one of my team members gave me an answer. And it wasn't the, you know, a TMI situation where they were telling me all their business. But all of the women answered that question and told me something that was relevant. And the guy said, oh, there's nothing. What happens at home is at home. Or what happens at work is at work. It was something, you know, paraphrasing. Absolutely. And, and that, is, that is very, um, that's very normal. Right. <laughs> and then yeah. that's why, you know, I often say to women, make sure you're talking to the box that he's in at the time. Right. <laughs> so, you know, if, he, if he's gone out of that box topic wise, then yeah. you, you can't get back in. Yeah. Um, whereas, whereas women, you know, we can kind of, we, it's like knitting. You know, we knit everything together and we go, oh, yes, there's a bit there and a bit there. And yeah. and it drives us mad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because I remember uh, a few, a couple of months ago, I was uh, having a conversation and I was talking uh, to my to my honey just about, you know, male, female uh, relationships. And then we were talking about I was trying to get his advice on having a conversation with my son. Uh, you know, who's, who's 16 years old, which is, you know, is a whole nother breed, you know, <laughs> 16 year old man. But, it, but, you know, basically he was kind of sharing some of the things that you're talking about, how women process, how men process. And I got so frustrated. I'm like, well, how do we, how do we communicate it all? I just don't even understand. I mean, I just, it just got so overwhelming because it's like, it, it was just uh, seemingly, so much more difficult than it ought to be. And well, you see, that's the thing that I've been studying is that difficulty comes from difference. Mm -hmm. You know, some and, and difficult situations, but you know, most people don't see themselves as difficult, but they all know a difficult person. Mm -hmm. um, and there are tricks and tips on how to manage other people. Right. You know, and I mean, if you take the example of you know somebody who's very visual. And you use loads of auditory words, they won't hear you. So it's yeah. the same with the gender. That if you're if you're trying to get a bullet point man to be very emotional, then you're on a loser. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if you have to deal with him, there's a trick. Yeah. Give you a, a little trick. If you're dealing with a difficult issue with a man, then sit beside him and put the issue in front of you, not between you. Ah, oh, that that is so important. Because I remember, I don't know if you uh, remember Rita. Remember Rita? Um, she was, she is from Finland, but we met her in, uh, in India. And I just oh, remember, yes, yes, yeah, yes. remember Rita, Rita is in a business and her partner is a man. So it's, it's her and her male, um, uh, co-owner. And I just remember her having the conversation about how they were having some discussion about something and they were sitting across the table from yes. the and she moved to the, uh, at some point, she moved to the other side of the table and sat next to him. And that changed the dynamics. Yes. <laughs> well, I remember talking to her at length about the gender dynamics map, and she kept saying, oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. What it is, is, you know, it's all about aha moments. It's about understanding um, how to get past a difficult situation rather than ignoring it. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, Going back to the boardroom, there it's not a predominance of masculine male, but there is that strong element of that, especially in the traditional businesses and in law, banking, you know, some of the more traditionally male. I've had some extraordinary conversations where, you know, men just 
when they say something, you realize they just have no idea what they don't know. Yeah. And they don't even know that they don't know it. Yeah. But this is same is true for us. So as women, I think we we are in a powerful position not to be bossy or over controlling, but to actually understand and you're quite right, is to be ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, if we're more masculine minded woman or more feminine minded woman, be okay about that too. We're all women. Mm -hmm. And remember that we've got this core drive, core drive Mac machine that, that has lots of different programs but we still got to be strategic when we're in the boardroom not to be controlled by it but to make sure that we build the rapport so the men go hey she's pretty useful right right and and you know and you 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 uh of course we're, we're getting close to, to the end of the hour and it always happens like this where the conversation is going good but uh, but you 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 bring up two very uh, key points that I think is so important, and that is it's about building the relationship, but being strategic and not manipulative or maniacal. Those two different kind of connotations there. But being strategic, meaning, and that's and that's one thing about being a CEO, making a CEO move. You know, when you when you create those circles of influence, you're creating those relationships. When yes. you are educating yourself so that you can empower and elevate, you've got to get to know people. You've got to get to know situations. You've got to get to know yourself. And then you've got to operationalize what you learn so you can optimize your outcome. So, yes. you know, it's truly about making those CEO moves. So, you know, women who are watching, if you are trying to communicate with either your male counterpart, your male colleague, your male boss, your um your male friend male lover whatever it's all it it's it's all about appreciating the differences yeah. understanding that it's gender dynamics meaning it's going to move it's not yes. the same and the differences don't have to create distance if we are willing to learn willing to listen and yes. willing to let men be men and women be women. Now that that is not to 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 say you know let the boys be boys. That has a whole nother connotation. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is to understand and, that we are going to be different, and that's why they're different genders. Um, and that men don't need to be like women, and women don't need to be like men in order for us to have better relationships but we men have to understand women women yes. have to understand men and then we we um are strategic about how we maneuver around those differences so that we bridge the gap rather than creating a rather than widening it <laughs> absolutely and, and i think the key for me is and and I'm keen to get into the boardrooms of America. I've worked a lot with boardrooms in Malaysia and the UK because people are people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we're in sensitive, uh, challenging times mm -hmm. and we need to maximize how people are working together. So it's, it's, it's not a nice to have, it's an absolute need. Um, and in fact, in every boardroom, my dream is that there would be an ambassador of magical conversation, somebody who naturally mm -hmm. has that flair. So I've created um, a program online where I can certify people as an ambassador of magical conversations. 
um, they they have um, a, a, a full uh, knowledge base about the gender map, uh, value creation, all sorts of things. But that, like we have an HR director, or you have a CFO or a CEO, you have an ambassador of magical conversations, and mm -hmm. they, male or female, are the ones who keep watch. They keep mm -hmm. an eye. They help everybody to be uh, working together. But they, we identify it as a strength of business, not a nice to have, an right. absolute necessity. That's my dream. And if you can help me, Stephanie, I would love that. Yes, yes. Well, I certainly appreciate you have having you on here tonight. I've been so excited about this. It was exciting when we talked weeks ago about yes. uh, you being on tonight because ever since of course we met in india in uh over a year ago i've been looking for ways for us to continue our magical conversation that we had there so i'm so grateful that you were willing to come into the c-suite tonight <laughs> to share your wisdom and i uh, just so glad that we were able to have this magical conversation because I hope that those of you who are watching really picked up on the nuggets that she talked about. And um, the last thing that I want to reiterate is just, you know, the power of having a conversation where you are sitting down at the table with someone as opposed to yes. sitting across from the table, because positioning is just as important as your language. And when you're oh, absolutely. Yeah. across, that's adversarial when you're sitting next to that means you are on level ground and sometimes we we have to be flexible and um in in our approach so that we could get to the outcome we desire so what are your closing remarks as we wrap up this episode of conversations from the c-suite what would you like to leave our listeners with and of course anything that you want to share with them or invite them to be a part of? Well, um, I'd like to invite them to um, to um, buy my new book, The Magical Conversations, um, and also to think about if they'd like to become an ambassador of Magical Conversations, because that's going to start live in uh, online in December, but I'm taking applicants now. Um, so my, my new website is at, uh, missmagicalconversations.com. And okay. one of the things, missmagicalconversations.com. Okay. Um, and one of the things that I really uh, remember my hashtag is hashtag world harmony. Um, mm -hmm. Is to really think about how many times in the day you have a magical conversation. And this is one where there's no judgment. So you feel safe or uh, energetic but you feel like contributing. There's no anger around you. Mm -hmm. So you can be passionate, but not angry. And mm -hmm. lastly, that there's nobody trying to control the outcome until everybody's ready. Those are my three rules. And mm -hmm. a lot of this has a lot more depth to it, but just think about, uh, is it a good conversation? Is it productive? Is that, am I part of it? Am I contributing and am I heard? Am I listened to? Especially as a woman, when you're with men. Yeah. And also remember that the men want to be heard and they right. want to be listened, but they right. are different to us. Yeah. So make sure you set a loving intention to be in yeah. a harmonious conversation, even if it's serious and strategic, it can be, still be with a set with a loving intention. Right. And, and I think that's such an important uh, 
thing to remind us of is it's all about our intention. And if we come to the table with good faith, in good faith, and are clear on our intention and do so for the purpose of creating harmony. Because I think if you come to the table to fight, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a fight because it's going to show up well, in your, right. your yeah. body language, your, your, your actual, your diction and everything. But if you come to the table for harmony, then that's going to show up in your body language, in the words you use, how you engage your positioning and everything. And the last one thing is to value your differences. Uh -huh. Yes. But value your differences as what makes you a unique, beautiful human being that you are. Right. Well, thank you so much. And I hope I do. I have the website correct. I'd want to make sure that MISS Magical Conversations or MS. I'm going live this Saturday in Las Vegas on the stage. Um, my book is going to arrive. Um, the Gender Dynamics of Love will arrive hopefully in January, but um, the program is going live. Everything is going live. So I've been here 10 months uh, in America and I'm ready to, I'm ready to give birth. So uh, it's a delightful timing to be here with you, Stephanie. Oh, well, wonderful. I am so glad to have you on tonight. And I just thank you so much for joining me here in the C-suite. And uh, hopefully we will see each other again. And we won't have to cross the sea <laughs> to do so. So again, thank you so much. And as always, it is wonderful to have a magical conversation with you. And thank you for everything that you're doing to help us to have better conversations in the boardroom, in the bedroom, and everywhere in between. So thank you so much. Thank you, Tiffany. Wonderful to see you. All right. Wonderful to see you as well. All right, everyone. I just want to thank you so much for being with us here tonight in Conversations from the C-Suite. And tonight's episode was brought to you by Deciding on Joy. It is a self-help book for women who have experienced a breakup and need to create beauty from the ugliness to decide that they deserve the new life that awaits them. You can get your autographed copy of Deciding on Joy at www.decidingonjoy.com. It is also available on Amazon. And of course, we want to continue to have great relationships because we know that as a CEO, we've got to have a great team. And the first C in making CEO moves, the first move is creating those circles of influence. And our relationships both at home and at work all deserve our commitment to being strategy, being strategical about them, setting the right intention and acting in a way that promotes that harmony in our relationships professionally, personally, and everywhere in between. So I just want to thank you so much for being in the C-suite. And of course, here in the C-suite, we want you to feel something, learn something. But most of all, y'all, you got to do something. Make those CEO moves, create those circles of influence, educate and empower yourself for elevation and operationalize what you learn so that you can optimize your outcome. Whether you report to the CEO or you are the CEO of your business, you are always the CEO of you. So 
make sure that you use these strategies that we discuss to help you to create an extraordinary outcome in your business and your life. So until next time, thank you so much for joining Conversations from the C-Suite, the girlfriend's guide to being a CEO. And of course, I am Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes, your host, and it has been my pleasure being with you here in the C-Suite. So remember, though, power is not in the conversation, but in your CEO moves. Don't just talk about it, baby. Be about it. But don't wait. Wait broke the scale. Now is the time, the best time to know what you know needs to be done. And as I always share with you, remember, your life is the product of your choices. Choose to be the CEO of your life. I'm Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes, and this CEO is out.